Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Welcome back to Nobody Told Me That, the podcast to give you a heads up on stuff that you may not know about. I'm here with my Frequent co-host, Kevin Henry. Kevin, what's up? Hey, my friend. How are you? I am good. I am super, super excited to hear about your trip to Iceland. So for people who uh, are unfamiliar with Kevin and his Instagram and his Facebook page for Ignite DA and his personal, y'all need to follow him because he went on some pretty amazing adventures. You went to South Africa, then you went to Iceland. Um, And so, you know, and I'll I'll have links to that in in the show notes, but it is pretty amazing. You've been like on this world tour. And so I saw you in greater New York. You had a, we'll talk about what happened in greater New York, but then you got on this plane to go to this place in, in November, Kevin, in November, you went to Iceland. So tell me, let's talk what's going on over there. So, you know, it was my 50th birthday. And so I was like, you know, I want to do something big. And and uh, I want to say that it was great to see you and your amazing husband uh, in New York as well. And uh, thank Ooh. you for train right up to to hang a little bit, and celebrate a of little course. bit. Of um, course, yeah. So we we left Greater New York, and uh, I I told my wife, uh, you know, we're both turning fifty within the span of about four months, and we both decided that we wanted to pick what we wanted to do for our fiftieth birthdays. And so I decided, you know, I wanted to do nature and I want to feel small in the whole grand cosmos and all this stuff. So I decided, wouldn't it be cool to go to Iceland and see the Northern Lights? Uh, That's something that's always been on my bucket list. And I thought, you know, uh, we're already going to be in New York. It's a six hour flight from New York to Reykjavik. Uh, So let's just (laughs) hop on Iceland Air and we'll do that. And she uh, actually agreed to come along with me. God bless her. Uh, by the way, she's chosen New Orleans for her 50th birthday. So a little different uh, viewpoints of how to ring in the milestone. Uh, a little warmer, a little warmer, not as much um, coats and boots and all of that. <laughs> oh, so we uh, so we got on the plane. We landed the morning of my birthday. And we knew that Iceland was, it was getting darker and darker every day there. They have about five hours of daylight on average as, as we speak right now during the first uh, week of December. And so we landed at like 630 and we had to wait till 1030 for the sun to actually come up. And so we drove to the coast and there was supposed to be this old historic lighthouse. We're like, oh, isn't this cool? We opened the rental car door and it was just like, just, wind, you know, just hit us. And all of a sudden we were both like, oh, this is going to be a cold trip, isn't it? And when you know it's going to be cold and you pack for it being cold, but then when that wind hits you for the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, we're in Iceland. We're actually oh my gosh. way up north. And so that night we returned to Reykjavik and we had my birthday dinner at a little restaurant, which was awesome. And we were walking around the town and we popped in the information center because I'm a geek and I love to get maps. And while we're there, the lady said, by the way, you've heard about the storm coming, haven't you? And I Mm. said, no. And she said, well, we're having an Arctic windstorm hit the island. And by the way, their country is an island. It's, It's an island. And we're having 
a Arctic windstorm hit the island. And just so you know, winds are expected to be between 90 and 120 miles an hour. What the heck? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she just said this just very, very matter of factly. And I'm sure my mouth was on the floor whenever she's saying this. You know, because, I mean, I'm born and raised in Oklahoma. Okay, it gets windy there. You know, the whole wind comes sweeping down the plains, part of the musical. You know, mm. but straight line, 120 mile an hour winds. I'm like, oh, this will be fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the next day we woke up and we were in the throes of the windstorm. Uh, and they were warning us our rental car may get pushed off the road because, of the <laughs> you know, you're like, really? Uh, we made it to our first destination and we get out and it's this magical, majestic, it's called Gulfoss, G-U-L-F-O-S-S. If you ever get a chance to look at it, it's like this three-tier waterfalls. It's amazing. And Dane and I get out of the car and we decide we can't walk toward the waterfall because the wind is coming from that way. And it's that whip a 90, 100 mile an hour wind. So we walk backwards because it's easier for us to walk backwards. And every <laughs> once in a while, we turn over to make sure we're not going <laughs> to fall off a cliff or something. And then, so we walk to the waterfall's edge and we look at it. And if you turned and looked, it actually, it was so cold and windy. The waterfall was shooting ice pellets off and the wind was picking them up. So they were just like throwing rocks at you is what it was boiling down to. So, so we have these god awful pictures, and I'll I'll have to send you one just so you can see it. But oh my gosh. Like, okay, you're going to turn toward the waterfall at the same time I am. I'm going to snap a couple of quick pictures, and then we'll turn back around. And that's <laughs> how you have to be this magical, majestic place. Uh, but, but, but yeah, <laughs> so, so for two, oh days, my God. two days, this is what we dealt with, and uh, you know, two days of our four day trip. So we can laugh about it now, but I'll guarantee you, Dana was kind of looking at me uh, with those eyes, just going, you had to pick Iceland in November, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> so, but no, it was, the, the people were great. We saw a lot of really cool things. We have a lot of fun stories to tell from it. I uh, never saw any northern lights when the when the uh, windstorm blew in. It also blew in clouds. So, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That was your whole reason for going. It was, you know, unfortunately. And and you know, she asked me on the flight home. She said, "If you had known we weren't going to see lights, would you have still wanted to do it?" And I was like, "Maybe. I, I don't know." Reykjavik, mm-hmm. cool. Reykjavik feels like a cool ski town. You know, it's like going mm-hmm. to Park City or Telluride or something, but. uh Anyway, it, it was a good trip. We were very glad to get home uh, over the weekend, though. Uh, but uh, I, I would recommend maybe a one-day trip to Reykjavik if anybody really wants to go see Iceland because the rest of it is very desolate and very uh, cold. Oh, jeez. Uh, matter of fact. So, uh, wow. So I, Chamber of Commerce, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll give you another shot at some point, but uh, it will not be in the wintertime, I don't think. So I'd like to see you guys take a vacation somewhere where you're not going to get like hurt or killed or anything like that. You make me nervous. You go to South Africa. And of course, I think one of my first questions back to you was like, have you been eaten or something like that? You know, because I I picture every (laughs) I forget who I was telling this to, but I was somebody was asking me, oh, have you seen Kevin's pictures? And I'm like, yeah, it makes me really nervous because every picture you posted from South Africa and Dana, too. Every picture you posted, I was expecting like a lion to be in the corner of the picture, like coming at you. 
<laughs> like even when you were in front of the dental society, like I'm expecting like a cheetah to come at you or something. So I, I was nervous the whole time you were in South Africa. And now I hear that you're going to a place where they're, it's at literally throwing ice at you when you're well, trying yeah. to, it, when you're trying to take in the lovely country. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, whenever the, and it's so we're flying over in Iceland there, they have these little get ready to be in Iceland videos. And honest to God, one of them talks about if you're in a rental car, make sure you buckle up because cars often roll off the side of the road because there are no barriers. <laughs> and I'm like, this is how you're welcoming people to your country. <laughs> well, would you rather, I'd rather you know ahead of time than when you're hanging upside down from your seatbelt, like what the heck just happened? <laughs> so, wow. And, and, and I'll tell you one other thing that uh, real quick, because our mm-hmm. readers are going, my God, Iceland. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there, we did not see one dental office the whole time we were there. What? What do you mean? Like even in the town or in the city? Oh, even in the town, nowhere. You know how you're usually, you know, you're walking along and you, you see a dental sign or, you know, something. Yeah. Not one. In, anywhere we went in the four days. What the heck? They have dentists, no. though, obviously. It's just that maybe they, oh, maybe they don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of Googled a little bit that last day because we're walking like in the main parts of Reykjavik and I'm going, there's got to be a dental practice around here somewhere, surely, you know? And, well, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it, it was so just that's just that's like, bizarre now. So if anybody really wants to, you know, start a start all over a brand new career, hey, Icelandic dentist, you know, it's very possible uh, that well, that. Dot com may not even be taken. So there Honestly, you go. Honestly, I mean, if they, if you didn't see any dentists and there's an opportunity for dental marketing there because nobody knows that there's a dentist there, what if you break a tooth or something? I know. So, that, I mean, that, was, it, that was the conversation Dana and I had. I'm like, you know, not many people would have this conversation walking around Rachel, but we did. Maybe it's one of those combined services. So, you know, in our, our history of dentistry, you know, the, the barbers were the ones who did the dentistry. Barbers. Uh, yes, the barbers, they would have, because they had the tools and they, you know, people were just sitting in the chair and it was hard. So a lot of times the barbers, and I, I know you already know this, but just for our readers who may listen to this, who may not, you know, a lot of times the barbers would be the ones where, that are, they've got them in the position and they've got all sorts of tools and stuff. And you say, so you'd see a lot of combined um the barbers, and then also you'd see um, people who just any access to tools. Like I, I remember reading something where some towns the blacksmith was also yeah. the dentist, and, and and it was mostly. Of course, there's no restorations; it's just yanking and pulling. Um, <laughs> so I mean, really, that's that's all it is. But uh, fun fact: Doc Holiday, right? Wasn't he a dentist? Um, he was. Yeah. Very- so in yeah. Tomb- when you know you watch Tombstone, you're like, oh, really? <laughs> so he's got a secret career. And next time you're in Colorado, we will go see his tomb if you like. I, I would. Is it the Val Kilmer tomb or is it the, <laughs> the actual Doc Holiday tomb? <laughs> yeah, it was Val Kilmer. I didn't know he'd passed already. But no, then, no, uh, he did. He did not. He, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, about an, uh, two hours from here in Glenwood Springs. Uh, oh, I, I didn't know. I made the trek to do it, believe it or not. It's a, it's a something. Is it, is it an impressive site to go to or something that's good to just look up on Wikipedia? Yeah, that second thing. To be okay. perfectly I, w- right. I would recommend Doc Halliday's grave in, in Iceland, probably on the same level. So, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so Iceland, so how long of a flight was it? Uh, six hours to New York. 
and then uh, what three and a half to Denver. So not bad. Okay, uh, not bad. Uh, the the folks were very friendly. Oh, I will say one thing, real quick, and this is going to be a complete. Mm. So they have some very interesting traditions in Iceland, and one of them is of the Yule cat. Now this Yule is a good cat. Yule cat. cat. Okay. The cat. The Yule okay. cat. And what they tell their children, and I actually have a photo of this to prove I'm not making this up. There, the legend goes that if you do not get new clothes for Christmas, the Yule cat will come and eat you. N- not even and, like a warning, just straight yeah. up will eat you. And so they, they tell their children that they need to do their chores so at least they can get some socks in their stockings so the Yule cat doesn't come eat them. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so, so uh, there's some interesting uh, holiday traditions there as well. So the Yule cat. I'm, you know what? I bet that came around because there was one. <laughs> I, see, this is the cynical part of me here that people don't realize here. Um, I think there was a village in Iceland and there was one chick who made all the clothes. She was the textile person. <laughs> like she makes the socks. She does. You know what I mean? And yeah, she came up with thing. this Yule cat to drive her business. So I, I am going to go on the record here and say this is BS. Wow. <laughs> well, if I don't hear from you on December twenty sixth, I'm going to know what happened. I'm going to say the Yule cat. Uh, if you, you get know. a if you get a picture from Norman and there's just like all sorts of fur flying around, then it's it's got me, Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to I'm putting a note here, so I, I we will link to the. Um, story of the yule cat because i'm yeah. i'm definitely going to go look that up so yeah, you guys pick it up uh, and it's and yeah there's some interesting christmas uh the yule lads along with the, the the door kicker the hot liquor the oh yeah there's there's some interesting things so wait the just, pot liquor what what are you talking about <laughs> so you got to check out the yule lads as well is okay. that uh, there are supposedly 13 little elves that come during the Christmas season and like invade your home. There's like the bread snatcher. And uh, I mean, they're not like, you know, you want to go sit on their lap at the mall. Okay. These are like people coming and lick your pots uh, to get up the last remnants of things you don't clean. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. It's very interesting. These actually Just sound fun. a little bit like horror movie type stuff. So is their Christmas yeah. tradition not really like, like fun and, you know, cheery and all that? Is theirs more, more, I don't know. There's creepy. A dark side to it. There's a little oh, dark side. Interesting. Which, which honestly, yeah, I kind of, it's funny you said because I thought the same thing when I was reading through this. I'm like, you know, this would make a really interesting dark Christmas movie if you really wanted to. Uh, well, there's but. a there's a Christmas movie that we Noah Noah and I watch this because you know we're such horror fans. So every yeah. every year we watch. Oh gosh, it's it's that scary one with the dude with the horns. Crump, uh, Krampus, yeah. Oh, so we man. watch we watch Krampus, um, and it's about time. In fact, I need to tell them we need to schedule that. Um, so we watch Krampus because it's one of those funny, like bizarre Christmas movies. And we, you know, some families love Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. My son and I like to watch, like you know, Santa killing Santa and all that kind of stuff. So we're we're a little bit different. I will, however link you to link our listeners to Krampus because I just think go. everybody should try it at least once. So, um, and if you have a, a hated family member, you know, you can just say when they're, when they're over for, for dinner or whatever, you could say, Hey, I found this really cool Christmas movie and you can throw that on and leave. And, and so that's my I, Christmas gift, right? 
<laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So, so you are, so you went to Iceland after greater New York and greater yeah. New York was, um, it's usually the weekend after Thanksgiving. It's almost always the weekend after Thanksgiving in New York city, right before the, um, the tree is lit up. And, and by the way, uh, myself, uh, Norman and Samir's wife, Kareen went to the Rockefeller center to see the trees and, we actually got there with, before the tree was lit up, but they were testing the tree. And so oh, cool. they, they kept putting it up and then they took it down and they put it up and then they took it down. So it was really funny to be in a crowd of a couple hundred people going, Ooh, uh, Ooh, uh. <laughs> it was really funny. And so I did manage to catch a picture of that I'll, I'll put that, I'll link that because I just think the tree is, is really pretty, but there was a big old open spot in the tree. And I think, I mean, obviously they have to test it. So um, it's kind of funny to see an imperfect tree up at Rockefeller center. I know you okay. and Dana have gone to see that tree a couple of times. Oh yeah. You know, you gotta, gotta go by and see it. Now I've never seen the testing though. That sounds pretty cool. Actually. It was pretty funny. I mean, really the whole crowd was getting into it. So it was, it was really interesting. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so we were at, so we were at greater New York and the lovely, your lovely bride threw a 50th birthday party for you at a speakeasy. It was, very- um, it was very cool. So the speakeasy, I'll just, I'll just kind of set the scene here. So um, she, <laughs> I don't, I think I, to- I don't know if I told you this. I can't remember what we talked about that night, but okay. I was supposed to go a little bit early and make sure that the food was all put out and everything. Cause she had you and she was bringing you down. Yeah. Um, and she said, here's the entrance of it. And she sent me two pictures and they were, they looked like I was going to be walking into an abandoned prison. So there we were we were a little concerned where she where she was having the party. But it ended up that that was the entrance to the the kitchen. It was actually the speakeasy and you had to give a password to get in. And she had given us all the password ahead of time. Um, And she kept it small and intimate because it wasn't a really big place. And then when we got there, it, it was just so charming because, you know, speakeasies, of course, popped up to avoid being busted for serving alcohol. It was back in the times of prohibition. And, and I can include a Wikipedia link on that because it's actually very fascinating, a really fun time, a fascinating, not fun, fascinating time of American history. And so you and I and, ton, you know, other people were sitting around drinking wine and beer and Diet Coke out of coffee mugs. Yes. Have you done anything like that before? No, and, and I've had several people uh, who Dana's shown the picture to going, why were you drinking coffee? And we're like, <laughs> I don't know. You know? Uh, I thought that was really cool that they adhered to the old tradition of you know hiding your liquor uh, by drinking it in the coffee cup. So that was really cool. It was very cool. In fact, when it first when we first got there and he tried to give me a coffee cup, I'm like, really? Don't you have a bigger you know <laughs> cup? And, and and he looked at me, and I could just I he he watched this guy watched the light bulb go on over my head. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so I think he appreciated not having to explain it to me, but I did definitely get that look of okay, I'm just going to wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so it was it was really. Um, very, very cool. Got to see some people I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, and I bet you loved it. I bet you loved being the center of attention. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm not used to being the center of attention. and It's not my favorite sometimes. But uh, just to see, like, everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, so many people who mean so much to me. And, and even a couple of friends who drove down from Maine 
that are just personal friends, have nothing to do with dentistry whatsoever. Uh, you know, and to see them interact with each other and, and different people, it, it was a very, very cool evening. It, it just made me realize how blessed I am, no question. Well, it was really cool to see Paul Feirstein, um, who is, of course, from the Massachusetts area, is, you know, he re- he met your friends from up north and yeah. they just like were three peas in a pod just sitting in the corner talking about stuff. That was really fun because I, I love Paul yeah. when he gets animated. So, oh, yeah, he loves, he loves Bar Harbor, Maine, and they live up right by Bar Harbor. So they were swapping stories and it was pretty cool to see. Definitely. So so then. um you spoke at Greater New York. I was just there for your party and a couple meetings, but I never made it to the show floor. Um, I've heard two different stories, which is pretty much how it goes with these meetings. Uh, one company in particular had great sales, already had great sales. And then I had a couple companies that were like, yeah, it was, you know, it's same old, same old. We just go because we feel like we have to go. And um, so w- what was your impression of the show floor? You had a book signing, right? So how did that go? It went It went well. Uh, I was. I was... Glad to see the traffic. Uh, honestly, you know, sometimes it can be hit or miss at Greater New York, but Sunday was pretty good. Uh, I had my book signing at Care Credit. Thank you to Samir and, and everybody at Care Credit for their generosity there. Uh, you know, and that was in between the two courses that I did. So the, the little time that I did spend on the show floor on Sunday, I, I thought it was pretty good, actually. Uh, at least okay. uh, some past uh, Greater New York's. Good, good, good. And it's because it's always a good thing when. I think continuing education, it's sad when you start to see it go on and decline in certain areas. And so hopefully, you know, it kind of gets a return to that. You and I have been in dentistry an awful long time and we keep hearing, you know, shows, shows are dying, shows are picking up, shows are dying, shows are picking up. And, but I think the consensus and even between us is last couple of years shows have been slowly dying. So it's, it seems like that is, that is what's sticking around, unfortunately. And the unfortunate thing is that, you know, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in past podcasts, is that exhibitors have to reinvent themselves a little bit to bring people into the hall. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be that there were the show specials that people would go into the hall just to get those. And now you get those show specials anytime, day or night, if you want. Uh, so what are exhibitors going to start doing to bring people to their booth? Uh, and it's not, doesn't feel like a state fair where people are standing out in the hallway going, hey, doc, hey, hey, have you tried mm-hmm. this? Hey, you know. Uh, and I, I think that's really important. Did you walk by any of the Weave booths? They had three booths. I did, actually. Did you see the, the big giveaway that they had going on? I saw a big dude. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they have yeah. they have three animals that um, represent them. And I believe it's a, a bear, a monkey, and a sloth, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it stands for different parts of their, you know, team mission. So. They found some dude who's like seven feet tall and he was walking around the show floor with a sloth head. And then I think he had a bear head, too. So they were doing giveaways for this Apple Watch, like almost I think every hour, every two hours or something like that. So they had big, huge crowds at their booths from what I was hearing from people. And then I saw the pictures online and the the dude was huge. Oh, and, and he works at Weave, apparently. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. So I thought they had just brought in somebody. Okay. Uh, our friend Mike Buckner told me apparently he like works in the call center or something like that. So wow. they brought him to New York. And I mean, you know, Braun Strowman's got nothing on this guy. I'm just telling <laughs> you. Know, and and for, that was a, that was a wrestling reference for exactly. some of you. <laughs> um, exactly. 
Wow. Okay. So, so that you, so they had a good turnout and, but I did hear from others that it was pretty much, you know, status quo. And so your classes, how did your, how did your classes go? You know, they were good. Uh, I, you know, I did my demons of dental assisting in the morning. I did my crushing your dental assisting career in the afternoon, had, had very good responses. You know, the thing that troubled me a little bit and, you know, it's something I'd love to share for a second is that I had three different dental assistants come up to me at three different times and they're from three different parts of the country. And all three of them told me that they were getting ready to leave their practice because they simply couldn't deal with the other people in their practice. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there were other team members that were running them off. And to me, I was just stunned to hear that, you know, we, because you and I talk so much about the whole Front versus back, system versus hygienist, doctor versus team, you know, and and I always hope that things are getting better. And yet I hear three different instances within the course, of just a couple of hours from people saying, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, you know, and it really made me realize that as we're getting to the end of the year, people are really starting to say, do I want to put up with this for another year? And a lot of people are saying, yeah. I don't. Right, right. And so I, I think there's a lot of things going on there. I mean, what do you what do you attribute it to? Do you attribute it to uh, millennials, not maybe not millennials, but maybe the, the perception that you don't have to stay at one job? You know, old, yeah. old people like you and I, we we're used to staying at one job until we get kicked out or whatever. Yeah, but, absolutely. you know, younger yeah. people nowadays, they they are fine with switching jobs. I mean, do you see it as that? What else? What else do you see at play? Uh, I saw one that the doctor was brought in two years ago a new doc came in and the attitude changed in the practice uh one the the it was a brand new hygienist who was hired and all of a sudden uh she kind of started running the show uh the doc wasn't really the leader uh the hygienist was calling the shots almost in practice Mm. Uh, you know it's it's a variety of things but it just reminded me again how that people would rather turn and walk away than confront someone and fight for their profession or fight for their career almost in the practice. And I, I guess, and maybe it's, you know, now that I'm 50, you know, uh, you know, the generation that I'm not going to let somebody else run me away from where I think I want to be, you know, I'm going to stand there and fight for it. Well, you know, until I get every resource. Well, but here's the thing though, is that, um, let me just do a devil's advocate here. So when you're yeah. when you're young and you're unsteady in your position, you know, maybe you're paycheck to paycheck. Um, there's a big th- I mean, I, I definitely talk to people who are just they feel like they're stuck. Maybe they're in an area where there's not a lot of good jobs or the office. They're making a pretty decent salary. This is something I hear from office managers a lot. They're making a really good salary for being an office manager. And they yeah. know that if they went to another dentist office in town, they would not make what they're making. There's a hold. Basically, there's kind of these, you know, phantom handcuffs that are holding them in there. Uh, so maybe the ones that you're talking to. And again, we, there's a lot of different factors. I'm not saying this is it. Just a devil's advocate here. Maybe the ones you were talking to were young and could make those movements. Maybe they don't have the, the kids. Maybe they don't have the mortgage. I, I don't I don't know. Did you see that? You know, actually, these these uh, ladies were, how do I say, not young. Okay. Uh, they, were, they were experienced assistants, but I think that they almost feel like, you know, I've put in my dues. I don't deserve this. I mean, that mm. was one that was 
that was one of the quotes that I heard is I don't deserve this. Well, it's and, true. It's true. Definitely. Well, it Absolutely. But, but I also think that, yeah, if you don't exhaust all your resources to try to turn it around, uh, you know, and, and yes, it's easier to walk away sometimes, but still, you've got to try at least to turn things around and, and restore what order there once was. So, yeah, no, it, 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 it makes sense. And I, that makes me really sad. Um, you know, a couple other things that I've heard on the road is, you know, people leaving because like you said, the doctor is not contributing to a good atmosphere. The atmosphere is just bad because of whoever the queen bee is or, or, you know, king bee is that's in charge. You know, you hear that a lot. I, I hear a lot of unethical dentists, meaning that the dentists are asking the managers to do things that are illegal. And a lot of it has yeah. to do with money and coding, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but being, I think it, with your situation, your audience is primarily clinical team members, assistants, and a lot of times they have experience in maybe one or two offices. And so if you only land in a bad office you don't know how good it is out there because you're so used to being in this bad you know office it's a little bit i don't want to minimalize it but it's a little bit akin to being in a bad domestic relationship where you know you're you're kind of just abused mentally um and you don't know that it's better out there um right. and and perhaps yeah. these now with facebook there's a million facebook groups there's a million support groups ignite da has a community they're talking to each other and they're realizing, oh, wait a second. You mean doctors don't throw instruments in other offices? Like, what's that? You know, um, have you had that kind of like light bulb go oh, off yeah. over someone's head? Yeah. And and that's that's where I see the value of, you know, and, and again, me focusing on the assistants and, and they don't talk to each other so often. They're very much islands separated from each other. And I'm like, you all need to talk to each other to see that there are other kinds of practices out there. There are other kinds of philosophies out there. There are other kinds of dentists and hygienists and everybody else out there. And because if you don't know that, if you think this is all that there is, then you could settle very easily. Mm. You know, and I think it's really important that you know that there are other options out there. And if you're miserable at what you do, you know, am I saying quit your job? No, but at least know that, that you don't have to be miserable. And, and like you said, that could be in a relationship. That could, that could be in your work, whatever it is. Mm, yeah, that's, it's sad to hear that. But uh, so what, say, say there's somebody listening who yeah. is in this situation and they're looking, you know, they're thinking, okay, I need to leave because, you know, F this, I'm out kind of thing. Um, what would you have them do? Uh, and I can let weigh into what would you have them do before they go to their boss and say, I, I got to go? Well, I think a lot of it has to be that you, um, how do I say this? I think a lot of it has to be that you've got to work up. Is this worth fighting for? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, and, and if it is, then you've got to exhaust your resources and you have to say, I am going to battle because I, I want to be here. I feel at home here. You know, and, and if, if it's just one other person or one other attitude that's really infiltrating in, are you able to talk to that person and say, look, you know, we, we've got to figure this out. We're not getting along. What's at the root of all this? And sometimes it may be a simple misunderstanding. 
Sometimes it may be personality styles where how they say things is different than how you hear them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways, I think, before you just wave the white flag and say, I'm out of here. You go talk to your dentist or your employer and you say, this isn't for me. I think that you've got to. And, and I think it's growing as an individual as well to say, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that if I have to leave, I know I did everything I could do. It wasn't just that's my first option. I completely agree with that. And apologies for my coffee maker in the background there. Um, <clears throat> Cause you know, I need like four cups to like even start in the morning for crying oh, out loud. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I, I agree with you though. You have to feel like you, you gave it a last shot, you know, that you, you did everything you could because it, it could be just a simple misunderstanding. You know, I, I I've talked to, to managers who, did not understand why maybe one office man, I'll, I'll give you an example. There was one assistant who was pretty much getting away with everything and she never quite understood why the doctor never let her do anything about that. Well, it turns out, you know, she was a new our office manager. She didn't realize the history there. This assistant was actually a relative once removed. So she was like an in-laws daughter and yeah. it was kind of kept under the table, you know, the relationship. But the doctor said, look, I, I'm telling you right now, I can't, I can't do anything about it. You're going to have to either, you know, make your peace with it or whatever. And he, he had not informed her of this. So, so she, she said, you know, what do I what am I going to do? That's the only thing that's wrong with this practice. That's literally the only thing that's wrong with this practice. And she decided to stay, but she was attributing it to the doctor, not being a good leader. She was, a I mean, just a yeah. whole bunch of stuff. And, and while that may or may not be true, I don't know that this is something he just cannot let go. And so, you know, it would just be all sorts of, I guess, hell on earth if, if he let go of this person. Would I have stayed? I don't I don't know, because I know in such I've seen in situations like that when one person holds an office hostage like that, it's never good. But every situation is different. So I'm sure you've met assistants who are laid back uh, and you really as long as nobody gets in their sterilization area, everything's cool. And and then there's yeah. assistants who are like, you know, the office has to run like a smooth machine. I want to be part of it. And and so they take they take it a little bit more personally, I think. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, again, it goes back to our personality styles and how we are as individuals. And there are some of us that can kind of shrug our shoulders and things roll off our back and we're OK. And there are some that, you know, take things to heart. And, and you're thinking about them three days later still if somebody said something to you, you know. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think that's where you have to distinguish between what's really going on in the practice and how you're interpreting what's going on in the practice, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. And and realizing what your capabilities are, uh, you know, back in the day, I used to think all these personality tests were, you know, kind of bunk because I came from the real hardcore being raised by a Navy dad that, you know, if you do your job you do your job. Like if you, it's as simple yeah. as did you do your job or not? That that's what, how I was raised. And so I would come into an office and, you know, if they, she wasn't doing her job, I would be like, what the heck? It's like, you have three things to do. Like what you, how can you not do these three things? And, and then you realize, you know, as you get older and manage more that there are people with exceptional strengths and then exceptional weaknesses, and it can be found in the same person. So, so I do think personality testing, or at least strength testing, you know, uh, skills testing, I think is a better word for it. Skills testing is more, um, more valuable than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, 
And and I think that's something, you know, I've, I've grown to be a big believer in that. Just, you know, seeing again, some of my personal relationships, including my marriage and how we are different personality styles completely. Mm-hmm. And it took me a little bit to take a deep breath and go, okay, what she's saying is, you know, instead of how it was being said, it's what is being said. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, I, but, but I think that's important for practices to do as teams. I think it's important for them to realize that there are multiple ways of looking at the same sentence and get all your team on the same page as best you can and, and understand that again, the mission statements, what you work for, you know, the patient care always comes first, you know, the things that you can agree on. And then you go from there and say, okay, how do we, how do we deal with these things? That maybe are dividing us a little bit. And, and I, let me throw something else into it. Cause something that I've noticed, um, you know, not just when I was consulting, but reading on Facebook, you know, a lot more teams are communicating via text nowadays. Um, And for sure, the younger dentist, when I was consulting, I would have dentists that I speak to maybe like once every three months because the texts I would get were like little books. They don't want to talk to me. They just wanted to text me and get my opinion. So I had to get really good at texting, right? So if if they're doing that to me, imagine that that's what's going on with their teams. And I kind of want, if, if you're listening and you're the one who is constantly texting people rather than actually having face-to-face just because it's easier and you want to get the words out. You don't want to forget. I I understand that. But I I wonder if you're doing a little bit of harm because I can't tell you how many stories and, and, uh, you know, rants that I've had from team members who, you know, they're getting texts at like 10 o'clock at night and they're getting texts where basically it's the doctor saying, hey, don't forget to do blah, blah, blah. But what comes across in text is not warm and fuzzy, you know, like you your dentist is not probably going to send you, um, you know, a little funny GIF or GIF or whatever you call them. I'm so old. One of those GIFs, you know, so I'm not yeah. going to send you an emoji. Like I, I send a ton of emojis cause I'm, I'm ancient like that. But nowadays, you know, these, I didn't get a lot of emojis from the doctors I worked with. It was basically, here's my issue. I need help. What do I do? Very direct and to the point. And, and that, I think it shifts the culture away from having in, you know, face-to-face honest conversations where you can read each other's body language and the facial structures, you're really almost guessing what the intention is behind the text. And, and I hear a lot of, oh, well, you know, I read this and believe me, she meant to be like that, or she meant to do it. And this is her being snarky. Like I would hear that. And, and I'm reading the text and I'm like, I don't know, it looks fine to me. So, you know, (laughs) are are you, are you hearing that too from assistants? Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I can tell you personally, you know, I've gotten texts from people and you miss, you can misinterpret them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and oh, wait, so I put an exclamation part at the end or they're using caps here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but this is the generation that your son, my daughter, you know, that we're seeing come up. And, you know, there was a while there that, you know, Julia and I communicated by Snapchat. We didn't even say anything. We would just do funny pictures or facial expressions to tell everything we needed to know. That's awesome. You know? though. Yeah. You know, but, but I also know that that's going on in some practices too, that there are Snapchats being sent, you know, just of a face or, you know, whatever. And that tells the whole story, uh, you know, and, and that creates the whole gossip circle kind of behind the scenes too sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I'm just not a fan of, of, I don't mind it as a supplement, of course. I mean, I certainly work with some fun people and I love texting them. But as far as 
that being the main mode of communication, I don't know. And, you know, they're, they're from a manager and an employer standpoint, these are to me part of your employee record as well. Um, and, yeah. and that's, so you got to watch what you say as well. I mean, anything can be screenshot nowadays. So it, it's not oh, yeah. even Snapchat. So, so you and Julia do not communicate via Snapchat anymore. Yeah, we don't actually. We backed away from that. Uh, you know, now it's Instagram stories. Uh, we've we've done a lot of more texting uh, mm-hmm. lately, honestly. but still, I think she would rather text me than pick up the phone and talk. Yes. Yeah. No. Same. Yeah. Same for same for my yeah. mine and yeah. I. My, you know, my friend Raina in Colorado. We're we're doing an app called Marco Polo, um, oh. which I have not. I'd never heard of it, but she does it with her son and it's just basically little video captures, but it's not public. So, um, it's probably like a FaceTime, but we're, we're not Apple people. So, um, you know, not by, I mean, just, just not. So, uh, I think it's probably similar to that. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that because I really don't want people like sending me Marco Polo stuff. Cause I, you know, every time I do it with Raina, I don't care that I don't have makeup on or anything like that, but you, you know, for you, I understand you can pretty much go live anytime, but you yeah. know, it, it takes I mean, a lot of work. It takes a lot of work, Kevin. <laughs> my makeup is a little, a little iffy right now. I got to be honest. I'm <laughs> glad we're not doing a video. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I'm back to the, the assistants who are looking to quit. You know, I, I so I, I don't want you to stay in a bad situation and, and not just assistants, but managers and, and even dentists too. I don't want you to stay in a bad situation, but you definitely got to weigh the pros and cons. And, you know, it goes back to every decision that I always, I always say when you make a decision, you cannot be emotional about it or you're going to, you're going to think back on it, you know, years, years and years later. So what are the pros and cons? More money, less money, commute, bad commute, um, education, supportive team, hours, uh, flexibility, especially, you know, with the, the little rugrats we've got. So you got to weigh all of that. But I think to me, the biggest, what caused big shifts in my career were when I got to the point where I could not sleep, it was bothering me so much. Um, yeah. And I, I would have just this pit in my stomach and I just dreaded. So if you wake up dreading stuff, you really, that's got to be a big factor, I think. So that makes it that's a huge part, honestly, mm-hmm, I think. Too. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that these these ladies and, and men were able to, you know, vent to you because uh, speaking from experience, they probably are coming from an office where they have nobody they can talk to about it. And yeah, and, and I guess that's that's where I go back to. I, I'm always glad to to listen and to be Sam Malone from Cheers and be the bartender. But, you know, at the same time, I think there's other assistants out there that can say, yeah, I went through that and here's how I got through it and can offer some very boots on the ground, practical advice. And man, I always want people to connect somehow, you know, like you said, through Ignite, through, uh, you know, what whatever community that you can find where you can be open and talk, you know, even if it's a one-on-one just coffee with another assistant or office manager or dentist in your town where you can just open up, say, you know, gosh, here's something I'm going through. Have you ever been through this? I, I think that's invaluable. Well, and, and so here, that's actually, a, that's a good point. I mean, so the does AADA have local chapters as well? Do they have local chapters? Uh, no, state state chapters, uh, honestly. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't found any like city chapters, uh, like like some of the ADOMs uh, that are out. Yeah, so ADOMs for managers have them. I know ADHA, if you're a hygienist listening, ADHA has local chapters as well. Um, but honestly, 
you can go to these official chapters, but you probably have offices you refer to all the time. You may want to just reach out and do a lunch or something with them or maybe refer, get referred from just do like a, a lunch or something, meet them for lunch. And they're probably local. Um, but I will give you one caveat, not to spill too much on the beans. Don't vent too much because, you know, if you don't know this person, you don't know what's going back to everybody else. I, that's the yeah. the cynical cynic in me there. But uh, for me, it was very valuable to reach out, um, find people who are in similar situations and talk. And they could do that through Ignite DA, right? You've got a network as well. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I think you're right. What you just said, you know, it's, you know, I have people meet and, and they're so willing just to, bleh, you know, just mm-hmm. to vent and, and that there's a time and place for that. But I think you've got to build a relationship. And I think that's the most important thing. And and we will be, let's see, we will be at Yankee. Um, Ignite DA has a Yankee track and it's not yeah. just for assistance, although it's primarily for assistance, but managers and hygienists are welcome to attend as well. Um, and we always try to have audience interaction. Uh, you won't be there this year, but Laura Hatch and I are speaking and doing a course, and then I'm doing a case presentation course, and I always try to get crowd involvement. So, you know, you will you will meet other assistants there. Um, so, and then we're working on a, a deal in Cincinnati yes. for Patterson. They're looking at putting on a, a full-day workshop with me and you talking to different team members, and so that's exciting. Stay tuned for that. I'll put the date in the show notes. I believe it's March. Is it March 8th, Kevin, or March 1st? I can't remember which one. March 1st. Okay. So March 1st. So keep an eye out for that if you're in the Ohio area. Um, There is a real, I think, trend I I see in, in, and we talk about this every year, really with, with Christmas parties and holiday parties, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of dentists that don't necessarily know HR rules. So I just feel like I need to put that out there because it is getting to be holiday time that um, please, if you're going to serve alcohol at your parties, um, make sure that nobody leaves, you know, drunk and toasted and, and, you know, unless they're in a cab or a lift or something Um, and, and be careful about that kind of stuff because once you start giving big, huge parties, they, you know, it's kind of expected every, every year. And I was reading a very interesting thread as part of a private group that I'm in. And the office was sharing, the manager was sharing that they're not giving a bonus this year because of, you know, things going on in the office. And she gives bonuses throughout the year. And even though she gives bonuses throughout the year and they treat them really well, the staff is almost revolting because they got used to this bonus and started to depend on the bonus um, for their holiday shopping and their holiday money. So how, how, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mark Griswold Christmas vacation. It (laughs) It kind of is. So as far as, uh, and actually I should link that because that is a classic Christmas um, movie, Griswold Griswold Christmas here. Um, What is, uh, have you heard any stories or horror stories or any experiences with that, with people expecting bonuses and then get really, really mad about it? You know, I've, I've had a lot. And I'll, well, I won't say a lot. I've had a few assistants come up to me and say, I wish the money they spent on the holiday party would go toward bonuses for us that I could spend. Mm. And I always kind of go, mm, you know, I mean, that's a, it's a very selfish way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I, I think personally, if there's a time that you can actually celebrate what you've done as a team together throughout the year, I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, you know, and I, 
I think there's a lot to be said for investing in teams yes. uh, as opposed to individuals. So I, I always kind of grip my teeth a little bit. And I say, well, you know, <laughs> uh, think about think Maybe you think about it this way, you know, and, and try to spin that. But I, I have heard that. I don't know if you've heard that. Before. Yeah, I def- definitely have heard that, um, you know, because we don't because that's the, the owner, honestly, who, you know, is not really taking care of their team the whole year. You know, they, they spend yeah. a lot of money on a big year end type thing. And, uh, so I just, I, I just think if you use the word bonus, it's, it takes on a, a different meaning. And I've just seen this in over 20 years of seeing people get upset about bonuses, not being paid, even though the practice itself is not making money. I just, I have a hard time with the word bonus. Um, I just seen it go south too often, but yeah. if you do decide to give a holiday gift, uh, you know, just make sure that it's understood that I, it's not promised every year. And, and especially, I hope that you're not giving a raise for a Christmas gift or holiday gift, because boy, that can become a, an expected thing. I've seen that as a manager as well. Um, but I think it, this is the time where you're right. We need to appreciate our team. The ADOM chapter in, I want to say they're in Raleigh. Yes. They're in the tri-state area there. Um, they are, they're, they're doing a, they did it already this past weekend. They did a, a charity drive where they collected items for charity and they did it all as a group. And I thought that was, that was great. So uh, there's lots of things that you can do. A coat drive is pretty easy to do. Uh, canned food drive, toy drive. Uh, very interesting. So, oh, I want to share something that my husband told me about um, the toys for tots. Did you know that, or it, it maybe it's Salvation Army, but they actually depend on people to donate storage space. You know, I never thought of that. Oh, I never thought of that either. They get all the, yeah, I never thought of that. And he was he was telling me about this. Um, you know, Norman's always great at finding out little things that I just never even think about. And they're like, oh, I gotta I gotta really think about this. So they they need people to donate uh locker space and and you know basically deed it over to them so they have it because you know you don't want somebody to donate and then all of a sudden you can't get into your toys. So there yeah. there's yeah, so in, instead of giving toys and stuff, you may want to look into donating, you know, paying for a locker for a year or donating one of those pods or whatever, because they got to hold on to these toys until they're distributed. Isn't That's that, pretty cool. Isn't that interesting, though? Seriously. So, yeah. Um, thank you for that, Norman, because sometimes I'm just amazed by what uh, what's out there on the Internet that you take for granted and you just don't think about it. Like, I'm just giving them toys every year and I'm not thinking about who's the poor schmuck that has to lug it, you know, all over the place. I don't think about that. Uh, okay, so we are we're at 50 minutes, Kevin. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, bring up? No, uh, but the only thing I would say is make sure that uh, you're thinking now about how 2019 could be better for you. Some actionable steps, write mm. them down, plan to actually make 2019 better, not just sit there and say, gosh, I hope it's better. You have the power to make it better, but you've got to take the steps to to make it that way. So have a plan, follow it, come up with some ideas. And uh, hey, I know Teresa and I are here to help you in any way we can make that happen. Absolutely. And I think it's important not only to have a professional goal, but to have a personal goal too, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so, so what do you plan to do? Are you going to take more vacations? Uh, my personal goal is actually for you, Kevin and Dana, and that I would love for you to take a vacation in maybe the safest place on earth. I would, <laughs> would love for you to maybe go to, you know, maybe go to Disney world and don't get on any rides. Oh, don't get on any rides know? though. Um, 
<laughs> well, if I could go to Disney World with some friends and maybe go on the uh, Avatar ride sometime, I We're think that would be outstanding. totally doing that in for Adam in Orlando. We are totally hitting up that Avatar. If you haven't heard me oh, talk yeah. about that, oh my gosh, we waited. Noah yeah. and Norman and I waited like three hours for that ride. And, you know, I was making my typical wonderful comments during the whole thing. Oh, what are we doing in this line? <laughs> you know, but, but we, we got there and we got off the ride and the three hours were forgotten. All was forgiven because that ride was so good. Um, All right. I'm, yep. I'm down with that. Yep. So we got to, yeah. we got to plan that. So personal goal is for you not to go on any dangerous vacations for next year. Um, please tell your lovely bride. <laughs> I will. Well, you know, New Orleans in February. We'll see if we survive that one. But, well, New uh, Orleans in itself is a little bit scary. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> All right. So uh, until the next episode, Kevin and I are available for you via email. I'll put our contact information there. I've got some links to give you. And uh, I urge you to follow Kevin on Instagram because the pictures he's putting up are pretty cool. You want to see these pictures. They're just, they're just super neat. Uh, and then I will link you to Krampus, which is the scary uh, Christmas movie that you can just surprise all of the relatives that you don't like with. And, and, uh, <laughs> and then of course I want you to check out a Christmas movie, the a family vacation, the family Christmas. Do you, are there any other Christmas movies you, you like Kevin? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Jim Carrey Grinch. Uh, uh, I will not be seeing, yeah, I will not be seeing the new Grinch. I, I'm very much uh, poo-pooing that uh, for the Jim Carrey version. Oh, but, see, uh, and, and we're looking forward to seeing it. So we will, uh, I may have, we may have to have a Grinch versus Grinch discussion. Oh, that's a throwdown. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. And I, I highly recommend um, not just, not just Krampus, but. I, I still adore Toy Story every time it comes on. So you got to watch that. I'm sure you're not going to be able to get away from it. So, <laughs> all right. So we will talk to you uh, on the next episode. Until then, uh, remember, check out the podcast. If there's any episodes that you miss, we have a whole lot of different topics that you can check out and keep an eye out for me and Kevin on the road. We are always somewhere near you between the two of us. Uh, until the next episode, take care. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.